You're forgetting something, Horace told me. A little busy here, I thought back. You might think it's easy steering a magic boat through the sky. You'd be wrong. I didn't have Amos's animated coat, so I stood in the back trying to shift the tiller myself, which was like stirring cement. I couldn't see where we were going. We kept tilting back and forth while Sadie tried her best to keep an unconscious Zaya from flopping over the side. Rugged and half are on a quest into the riot and verse. We read series that are in about the cap half blood chronicles. Mythology we see different reads and not just Greek or Roman. So if you're down, said if you're down, come join us where we're going. Hey. Hi. And hello. And hello. Welcome to Into the Riot Inverse, a Rick Riordan read-along podcast where we read the books that aren't a part of the Camp Half-Blood Chronicles. This includes Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the Heroes of Olympus, and the Trials of Apollo. Today we continue our look into the King Chronicles The Red Pyramid, chapters 33 and 34. We go into the salsa business and Doughboy gives us a ride. Hey, Hal, how you doing? I I live. Surprisingly, we, we, we actually recorded an episode and are going to upload it consistently. Honestly. We did it, Hal. We, we saved anime, probably. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so, but how, how are you, Hal? I'm, I'm all right. Did you get the Rona yet? Oh, no, I have not. Although, funny story. Do you remember when we went to your house for New Year's? Yes, and all the way he back. Was, like deadly sick. Yeah. And we all got well, you guys all got sick beforehand. Yeah. But I was actually sick in that December for like a week. And I'm like 40-50% sure that I might have gotten it like super early before it got like <laughs> like well known. I'm like 90% sure that at that New Year's party, New Year's 2019 into 2020, I'm pretty sure we all caught like Rona version 1.0. Okay. But I never, I never ever get sick like that. But I was like, I had to, I, I was out of work for like a week because surprisingly enough, I did go back while I was still not being well and nobody else got it. So it, I might've just been like, sick for some random reason but like there's a there's a there's like a decent chance that i may have had rona like super early and that's actually a very distressing thought about our country (laughs) as a whole right now (laughs) yep have you are you at that point where you don't have rona but everyone around you is getting rona because that's what's happening to me um not really my co-workers have been pretty decent about not getting not getting the Rona. Um, the closest I've been, the closest I've ever, the closest I've gotten to Rona, my neighbor and his, well, his entire family had Rona and he actually died. And I was very sad about that. Yikes. The closest I've gotten so far to Rona is a few of my former co workers had Rona and my best friend just got Rona. So that's GG. Oh, no. Yeah, she got Rona. She told me. 
like a day or two yesterday yesterday she told me like her test came back she was positive and she's like yeah i've been feeling like crap for the past two three days i'm like yeah you got rona you gotta chill and now we're we're in that awkward like schrodinger's cat kind of situation where i we hope her boyfriend doesn't have rona because you know getting rona is bad but we also kind of hope he has rona so they can just cuddle in bed for like two weeks oh yeah but um you know people get better hopefully do people get better allegedly i don't want my 2021 to start off with my best friend dying please and thank you that would be preferable yeah how um so yes i'm surprised we haven't said anything about politics yet has anything political happened of note other than like you know biden signing a bunch of executive orders yeah biden's been flexing his 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 presidential power because the republicans are like hey we're gonna do everything to obstruct you just like when just like when Obama was in office and Biden's like, oh yeah, well, I'm just going to use my political power to bypass you guys. Oh boy. Let's, my, my biggest sigh of relief has been that it's just all been normal political jargon, blah, blah, blah. Biden's been president for like a week and a half and there hasn't been any ridiculous scandal. He hasn't said anything weird and crazy about a, uh, about a group of people. And I'm like, oh my god, it's so great to have a normal president again. Yeah, politics is getting back to being boring, and I'm like, yes, please. Yeah. All right. So, Hal, I have a couple of emails that I would like to read out. Um, to all the people who who insist that I must drink water, haha, I am drinking strawberry lemonade. That's actually so. You'll remember last week. I don't. I'm pretty sure. I'm like ninety percent sure you didn't do this. Uh, that last week I was like, why don't you try mis- mixing strawberry lemonade and Fonte together and telling me how it is? I actually did, and it is it is wonderful. Wonderful. All right. I'm glad you actually did the thing. Did you watch that comedian I told you to watch like six months ago? I sure did not. All right. Good. <laughs> <laughs> we have an email here from Chloe. It's a long email. Oh, geez. Oh, well. <clears throat> And it starts with, hi, I'm Chloe, LMAO, IDK, how to start an email. This is in my generation. Wait, 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 wait. Are we past the email generation? I don't know. There's another email here that makes me feel old, and I'll get to that in a second. But, like, let's get through Chloe's email first. I want to say I really like your podcast, and I especially like the fact that Sadie is your favorite character. Because I'm British. Well, Scottish, but there's not much in it. That it feels nice to be represented in a book series. Also, um, it's true, right? Bina is bomb. And in reference to the episode Aunt Kitty to the Rescue, in which we're talking about strange cuisines, you said fish and chips weren't nice. Fish and chips are exquisite. By chips, it's fries, not crisps, lol. Because we in Scotland have a sense and a half-competent sense of decency and vocabulary. Also, like, I'm glad you made a damn meme page TikTok because I don't have Twitter yet because I'm 12. Yes, I'm another 12-year-old. But I do have Instagram, which is useful, actually, because <laughs> in school we're doing a history report on Robert Owen, and we would write a speech or make a plan flip or design a social media account, and I made an account for Robert Owen called The Real Robert Owen, which is super duper fun, LMAO, so now, and why am I still talking, typing, why are you still reading this? <laughs> anyway, I really like your podcast, it's funny, but one time I was listening to it in the public bus on the way home from school. Uh, when they were still open, and this was the episode you, Robert, made all the nut jokes, and I was just laughing silently, but no one could see my headphones, so I'd probably look mentally disturbed. (laughs) Which is fine, Uh, lol. It's not like I'm ever going to see those people again. 
But anyways, I don't get the references to all those shows and stuff, but uh, it's fine. I don't know. Why am I still typing? All I really wanted to say was I love the show and I'm re and I'm rereading the series for the third time, even though I've like forgotten a ton, along with the podcast. And that, yes, Into the Nothing First would be a great social media handle and that the memes that Robert makes are actually so funny and that I guess I hope you enjoy the rest of the series. And yes, Sadie is the supreme character. Thanks for bothering to read this. Chloe, another 12-year-old. Uh, first off, thank you, Chloe, for... I, I I love that our fans care enough to send long emails because I'm like yes. I'm like oh you spent you spent time typing yes uh, second of all we can't hype Robert up because then he'll continue to make terrible puns and terrible memes so we have to we have to we have to humble him we can't do that I'm number sorry. three fish and chips are disgusting uh and number four he's a heretic <laughs> and number five. I don't know who Robert Owen is. Like the name is ringing a bell, but I don't know who that is. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't either. Let's let's do a quick Google search. Yeah, it's we're in front of computers. Let's Google it. So who is Robert Owen? Robert Owen. Oh, he was a philanthropist. Yeah. A Welsh textile manufacturer, philanthropist, and social reformer. Reformer was one founder of Utopian Socialism and the Cooperative Movement. F- yeah, socialism. You go, twelve-year-old. <laughs> Okay, so now I feel stupid because I'm like, okay, she 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 was either recently doing a project that has something to do with him, or she's just wildly smarter than me. And either way, I feel wholly, 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 wholly inferior. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you for writing in, Chloe. I actually talked to you a little bit on Instagram, um, and I made sure we were going to read your email on the next episode, which is this episode. Isn't it funny how time works? No, not at all. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Next one we have is a, is a quick email um, from, I have no idea how to pronounce this because this person is Norwegian, apparently. Islin? 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 I'm going to go Islin, but I'm probably, I'm probably butchering it because I am wholly uncultured because I am an American. So it's same. So please, please feel free to send us another email and educate us on the pronunciation <laughs> of your name. Yeah, so Eastland's, uh the header of e- of Eastland's email is read on time, exclamation mark, mm-hmm. to Hal and Robert. I love your podcasts and a bunch of heart emojis and hope that you can get to the next episode done fast. Hope you are both safe. Best regards, a Norwegian. Fortunately, we are safe. We have avoided catching Rona so far. And hopefully this vaccine will get through our country fast enough that we won't have to worry about it anymore. Maybe we could do one of these episodes in, in person and not, you know, yeah, dozens fun. of miles away from each other. <laughs> yeah. D- d- dozens. Dozens of miles away. At least one dozen. Because you live in the middle of freaking nowhere. You you live in the middle of freaking nowhere too. But in Brooklyn. I, I really don't. I live within walking distance of like three trains. and That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and... From the closest train to you, I have to take a bus or a very long walk. And you like to have gatherings in the cold, which means I am shivering while I'm trying to get to your house. Well, if everything is cool by New Year's, I'll pick you up in my car. A. But in regards to read on time and hoping we get the next episode done, we try. We are adults with jobs and I was going to say social lives, but what social life? Oh, this is our social life. Yeah. We try to read on time. Uh, we try to record on time. Uh, Hal and I have talked about this. It's just, we'll get an episode out when we can get an episode out. 
Yes, yeah, it's, it's usually just trying to work around our work schedule and not being extremely tired and giving a even less professional um, <laughs> podcast what, than what, usual. What part of any of this is professional, Hal? I, that's that's exactly right. Like, imagine this, but without my my lovely personality. Like, imagine me not being excited for an episode. Like, me imagine me being like super tired during these. And um, let's see. Let's let's go for another email. Hal, so you don't know this because you don't listen to the episodes. But um, recently, uh, when you know how in the beginning we read our little introduction paragraph. Mm-hmm. So what I've done is I've edited that so that it sounds like it's coming out of a tape recorder because you know how these chat like this book is supposed to be like a bunch of tape recordings. Mm-hmm. So I've edited it like that. And I, and I'm not to toot my own horn. It sounds great. Mm. We have an we have an email here from Daniel. Daniel says, "Dear Robert and Hal, thank you for this podcast. I love the King Chronicles, and I'm glad one of the <clears throat> one of the Percy Jackson podcasts is finally talking about it. Well, we're not a Percy Jackson podcast. We're a Rick Riordan podcast. You know what he means. You stop that. <laughs> I'm I, I'm just being, you know." A bad bean. I love how the introduction paragraph is read now with the old timey voice. It reminds me of my sister, of my older sister's CDs. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, oh no! Indeed. No. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Indeed. Oh no! I've actually started growing gray hair. Like it actually just spontaneously sprouted from my head. It's actually crazy. Oh my god. Anyways, I just wanted to thank you once again and hope you guys and keep enjoying the books later. Oh, we will. Oh, I'm ancient. Oh my gosh, we're we're so ancient. How it's we're past. We're already past CDs and emails. No. Yeah, it's it's honestly like that. Oh no. How. Uh, I was talking to my brother-in-law because my birthday is in April and he's like, are you going to enjoy entering your mid twenties? I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, 24 to 26. That's your mid twenties. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm, a- I'm already there. Like, oh no. <laughs> We're getting old. How we We're met. We're approaching in- our thirties. Oh no. <laughs> we met in 2015. How do you remember being like 18, 19 years old and meeting for the first time? Wait, we've known each other that long. Wait, we've oh. known each other that long. We've known each other since like the the fall of 2015. Ugh. Well, you know what's a great way to not feel old, Hal? Read a children's book from a decade ago. Uh, I I'm in pain. I'm in so much pain. Yes, that's exactly what. So, how about we get into that reading? Hal, what did you give? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just I, I'm having like seven different panic attacks at once, and all of them have to do with me getting older. Honestly. <laughs> But Honestly, fine. Truly. Let's 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 get into the into the reading of the King Chronicles. Hal, what did you give? Chapter thirty three. We go into the salsa business. I gave this one a seven. This is a this is a quite the interesting action chapter, but there are better ones. I I gave it an eight. I mean, yeah, there's better ones, but I do like how they deal with the main monster of the chapter. I do. I also, also a shout out to Horace. He is he is top tier comedian. Yeah. And what did you give chapter 34, Doughboy Gives Us a Ride? Uh, I also gave that one a 7. I also gave it a 7. Hal, what happens in chapter 33, we go into the salsa business. Alright, so if you guys remember from last chapter, Douchebag decided that he's going to break his... Despite despite having a burning hatred for the gods and those who follow them, he decides, hey, I'm going to summon a god. And he summons quite a dangerous one. And I... I'm probably going to butcher her name, Sekhmet. 
Sekhmet, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yeah, Sekhmet. She, I, if I remember correctly, she was like pretty much Ross, like first lieutenant, like his like top enforcer. Yes. So she is quite the dangerous, dangerous opponent to have. So yeah, Sekhmet is now chasing the gang, Zia, Carter, and Sadie, who have to like. Carter is like, man, I really wish we had uh, almost his animated coat, but we don't have that, so we have to maneuver this magic boat ourselves. And meanwhile, Horace Horace decided that this is the perfect time to mention that it is his birthday. Yep. Which, from what I remember, isn't that supposed to give Horace extra power, like the day of his birth? I believe so. And he he does if it's supposed to he doesn't show it this chapter but that's a different story. He truly does not. As as Carter is trying to steer them away from Sekhmet, he's talking to Horace and Horace is being annoying. Like, hey, it's my birthday. What did you get me? And Carter's like, uh, well, I'm currently trying to not die, so let's put a pin in that. Hey, Horace, tell me who that is. And he's like, oh yeah, that's Sekhmet. You know, Eye of Ra, Destroyer of the Wicked, the Great Huntress, Lady of the Flame, etc., etc. And uh, the reason that she's following them and she's sort of like a homing beacon on them is because the chief lecture has the power to summon her once during his lifetime. And douchebag chooses now to do it. <laughs> Isn't it aren't, don't you guys feel special? He used his one time to summon the all-powerful huntress to hunt you guys. And Carter is like, so how do we beat her? And Horace is like, well, I mean, you can't. She's an unstoppable killing machine. And Carter's like, ah, oh, crud. Mm-hmm. And then while they're doing this, she is actually launching flaming arrows at them. Zia is still weak and woozy from launching a pillar of fire at Douchebag, but even she's awake and she's like, wait, we have to fight Sekhmet? Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. And Sekhmet's like, die, enemies of Ra, perish in agony. This was great to hear on the audiobook, by the way. Especially since it was the Carter voice, so it was like a really like deep male voice going like, "Die, enemies of Raw, perish in agony." Sounds about right. But it was great. I love how he, I love how Carter tells Horace, "Man, she's almost as annoying as you." And Horace is like, "Nope, that's impossible. No one can beat me." <laughs> He's like, "I am the best at everything." But yeah, they suggest using the seven ribbons from earlier in the book, and Zaya's like, "Yeah, we can't really do that. I can only really summon that once a year." So, yeah, but, by the way, that threw me back because the seven ribbons was like what twenty chapters ago. Honestly, you know, like middle of last year. And so Zia's like, "Well, we don't have that. Let's go over there. Maybe we can trap her there or do something to her there." And she points to a magic salsa company. Uh, basically, the the lore behind behind this is that the way that they beat Sekhmet last time was that she is she she likes to drink the blood of her enemies in ye old ye old Egyptian times they used what was it what was it that they used last time beer I believe beer that they dyed red they used beer that they dyed red to like pass, pacify her basically like they weakened, they weakened her by convincing her that it was blood and not beer that was painted red and then she was pacified and turned into a, a cow goddess, which is a, mo- a lot more docile and easier to handle. So they come up with that plan, but unfortunately Sekhmet kind of blows up their ship and they crash into the salsa factory. <laughs> it's like, well, well, we could, I, I would, I would hope that we could have, we could figure out a better plan, but this is as good as one as any. 
And so they're running around in the the salsa factory. One of my favorite things is that they Zia points to uh, a bunch of like tanks, like a bunch of like um, holding tanks, I guess they're called. I don't know what exactly what they're called. And Sadie's like, is that a petrol tank? And, you know, Carter's like, nope, it's salsa, right? And Sadie's like, isn't that a type of music? Uh, <laughs> the humor is uh, Palpable. so cheesy. Uh, it's so cheesy. And so now the goal is to turn Sekhmet into Hathor, which is Sekhmet's other form, you know, where she's like not going to kill them and she'll, she'll be a nice cow goddess. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, they, in order to distract him, Sadie pulls out the old, you know, the old favorite, Hadi, points it over Sekhmet, and uh, everything around Sekhmet explodes. Salsa, salsa, and truck bits everywhere. And Carter decides this is the perfect time to become a Gundam and go on top of the, like, salsa tanks, start slicing him open and saying, hey, Sekhmet, look, it's blood. And Sekhmet's like, oh, hell yeah, that's, that's uh, finally some good fucking food. Mm-hmm. And she's like, nom, 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 nom. This is really tangy, and it's really, really hot. But what kind of blood is this? Nubian? Persian? And he's like jalapeno, and I, I hate him for this. <laughs> I hate him for this. Uh, and so Sekhmet is like, man, this is really hot. And Carter's like, well, if you had some milk, maybe you could calm that down. Maybe you should turn into a cow. That'd be a good idea. And Sekhmet's like, you tricked me. She's like, wait a minute. I've been bamboozled. We've been smeckledorfed. And then she turned into, she turned into moo cow. And she, the way the audiobook has that sound, so she turns into a cow and she like goes to sleep. And the way the audiobook has it sound, she's like, mm-hmm. that's actually pretty good. I know, right? And after this little encounter, Carter vows he will never eat salsa again. I mean, I, I, I'd hype up salsa after this encounter. I'm like, yeah, we defeated the all powerful killing machine with salsa. Let's go. And now they have to figure out a way to get the Phoenix. But Sadie is trying to be like, why is Zia coming with us? She tried to get us killed. Like, just because you're trying to simp over her brother mine does not mean she can come with us. Mm-hmm. And Zia's like, well, you trusted almost. What do you mean? And Sadie's like, don't remind me of my bad decisions. <laughs> Carter wants Zia to teach him how to animate animate another coat in order to in order to aid them. But the hard part is that they need they need the spirit of a figurine in order to enchant the piece of clothing. And hmm, haven't we met an enchanted figurine before? It's our good old pal Doughboy. And that's yeah. how chapter thirty three ends, which leads us into chapter thirty four. Doughboy gives us a ride. What happens in this chapter, Hal? Um, to be completely honest, I don't remember. <laughs> it's a really short. Both of these were really short chapters. Yeah. Especially when you when you read as fast as I do, it's like, wow, I really got through that way too quickly. Yeah, it'd be like that. The chapter starts off with Carter taking his dad's magic toolkit out of the duat and grabbing Doughboy. And Doughboy's like, finally, you realize how stuffy it is in there? I'm glad you remember that you needed my brilliant guidance. And Carter's like, actually, we want you to become a coat. He's like, what do you mean a coat? I am the lord of all knowledge, the mighty. And Carter's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, into takes the coat. Him to- into the coat fucking stomps on it just mm-hmm. they, they, they they just take turns curb stomping doughboy they're like is that enough mm-hmm. with zia's help carter enchants the coat and he and he's like okay drive it and sadie asks asking the the real questions she's like how can i drive a lorry with no feet and zaya's like yeah i mean it's a long coat and i'm like that doesn't answer the question mm-hmm. 
Also, can we point out that Sadie is British and said the word lorry instead of truck? I'm going to ignore you. <laughs> I also like that the quote. But, I also but, like that the boy How? How? You can't ignore that. It's a part of the lorry. <sighs> Excuse me for a second while I scream into my pillow. But how? Keep keep going. What's what what's happening? Um, the coat is making the same gesture that I'm making to Robert right now. <laughs> and just like the and just like the coat's gesture, it means nothing to me because I can't see your hands. <sighs> I so wish you could though. So as they're driving to Phoenix, Sadie, one one of the things the funny thing is I know about this because I watch an uncomfortable amount of trucker videos on YouTube. But there is a little, like, back area with a bed where Sadie claims. And I'm like, yeah, there should also be, like, a mini fridge or something. And there should also be, like, you know, a little stove, a little sink. And I'm like, I need to stop watching so many trucker videos. Really, though? Like, that's so random. Trucker videos? YouTube has been getting great at recommending something to my ADHD brain that I would watch. Like, recently... Let's derail for a second. How? What have you been watching on YouTube recently? Because what I've been watching has been trucker videos. Um, I don't know if you know who the Minecraft guy Dream is, but I've been watching a lot of his videos. I do, and I've heard I've heard some. He's been in some trouble recently. Has he? Oh no! Why is it every time I get into like somebody, they they get canceled? Not 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 in the he touches people that don't want to be touched kind of issue. More like. He, he he be cheating. He be cheating in video game. Oh, oof. Yeah. And be like that. Well, I mean, whatever. I, I, I really don't care. It's still entertaining. Well, and then, something that won't age me 5,000 years, I've recently got very much into Among Us videos. <laughs> Among Us videos are so like, um, there's a streamer by the name of Hafu. She's, in, in the words of one of the people that plays in her lobby, she is a complete psychopath. Like the way the way that she is so easily able to lie to all her friends is just like wow, I you're you're kind of a terrible person, but you're not a terrible person. But yeah, it's been mostly Among Us video, a lot of video game videos like that, and like on a, on occasion on occasion it will recommend me like super random stuff like cat videos because I am I am who I am. I'm just going to take a quick peek at my YouTube history because I want to see what I've been watching. A lot of Minecraft videos, a lot of Ben 10 videos for some reason. And also, also I've been, I've watched um, an unhealthy amount of WandaVision. WandaVision is such a good show. Oh my God. Did you see the last episode? I did. I did. did. no, no, No spoilers for anyone who hasn't caught up yet, but those first five minutes of the fourth episode of WandaVision Holy crap. I have such an unhealthy obsession with YouTube. I had, oh, you'll, you'll be proud of me, Hal. I had my first genuine moment of like, maybe I should stop using Twitter. Mm-hmm. Because th- 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 this will date the video, but on Twitter uh, a few days ago, uh, Becky Riordan, Rick Riordan's wife, retweeted a fan art of Nico. And it was like, it was like, like imagine Nico, but like gothy and like in a tank top. So like kind of attractive, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so uh, Becky commented something like, you know, she retweeted and she's like, wow, Nico's looking hot. 
check out this artist, blah, blah, blah. And the whole internet blew up on her. Like, oh my God, you think a 12 year old is hot? You're a pedophile. I'm like, A, no. Isn't, isn't he like 18 at this point? Like Nico and, Nico in the latest point of the books is like 15 or 16. But I also oh. want to present the idea, mind you, Nico is not real. You're right. Nico is not real. Becky didn't say anything super pro- provocative like, oh, I think Nico looks hot. I want to I want to do this and that with him. Like, she didn't say that. And I mean, th- there are actual people posting actual photos of actual children saying actual disgusting things. And I don't see people yelling at those people. No, we got to yell at Rick Riordan and his wife. Be like, oh, you guys are pedophiles and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. We're unfortunately, we unfortunately live in an age where... People are hypersensitive to literally everything. So unfortunately, you either have to be triggered by everything or you can't be triggered at all. Like, there are some things I can get behind in cancel culture, I guess. Some, very little some. But I, I hate, I hate that. I hate the fact that people use cancel culture as a, as a means of telling people like that people shouldn't be like punished. But just because we're not allowing you to, like, people are like, oh, they canceled Trump when they took him off of, like, all the social media and stuff like that. I'm like, no, he deserves to be punished because he is a terrible person, terrible, terrible, terrible person and should not be given a platform to spew his garbage. And it's just like, you, you see, you see, you see certain people that deserve to be punished for doing terrible things. And it's like, Oh no, they're canceling him. Like, yeah. So that was my first genuine instance where it was like, I think I want to stop using Twitter, mm-hmm. which is good. It's something I didn't. Unfortunately, you can't you can't escape it because it's not only on Twitter. Yeah, I know, but Twitter I think is where it's the worst. Like on Instagram, I post my memes, I post some Percy Jackson conversations or whatever, and I've never had an experience of like people just being like that. Like, the Percy Jackson fandom, in my opinion, is probably the most toxic I've ever engaged with. Slowly but surely, I think I'm going to stop using Twitter. Like, that day hasn't exactly come yet, but it, it, the day it happens, I'll just announce, like, yep, no more Twitter. GG. Uh, I think we've we've derailed enough. What do you think? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Let's get back into our reading. Um, rude gestures, blah, blah, blah. And as they are on their way, Sadie, uh, as they're on their way, Carter and Zia have an opportunity to talk. Carter is like, well, I mean, it's good thing you're with us. And Zia's like, yeah, if I was with the house, they would have broken my staff. They would have taken my name out of the books. And if they don't kill me, I'd be forced into exile. And Carter's like, that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, you could just come with us then. She's like, she, she gives him a look like, mm. Carter listen while while i don't think rick riordan's a pedophile or any of the bad things that people say i think rick riordan can't particularly write good teenage romance because this little paragraph where carter is like oh i noticed that her shoulders pressing against mine and even with all the burned pepper smell in us i could smell her egyptian perfume and i'm like i mean that's just not good is there a such thing as good rom- teenage romance I suppose not, but I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird, dude. If you like that. Zaya's like, well, I mean, even if you guys defeat Set and we save this continent, what do you do? 
The house is going to hunt us down and the gods will make your life miserable. And Carter is like, yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm good at improvising. And Sadie's not bad. And Sadie from the back is like, the f*** you say about me, mate? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, get out, get out of my way. Get out of my ways. I'm telling the story. <laughs> I'm telling this story. You had your chance. You were the narrator for the last two chapters. Now it's my turn. <laughs> but yeah, then we get into what I consider to be the more interesting part of this chapter. This is the bread and butter of the chapter. I was listening to this uh, chapter on uh, audiobook on my way home from work, and I was like, <gasps> the guest. Yeah, this is when I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what you're thinking here, but. What I can tell you without getting spoilery is that it gets even it gets even more trippy towards the end of this book. But well, we're already towards the end of this book. But like in the next couple of chapters, it'll get even more interesting. Because hmm. it's an even better plot twist. But yeah, basically Zia goes into how Iskander had taken her to the side and said that she had been in danger after she came back from the museum where where um their Julius. Did the time warp again, did the time warp again, and became the god (laughs) of the dead. And did a jump to the left. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But but, yeah, honestly. But yeah, this becomes, it it leads into Zia trying to tell Carter that she knows Seth's secret name. Dun, dun, dun. And Carter's like, hey, how would, how would you know that? And she says, she says, oh yeah. So yes, they stole they stole Douchebag's book, and Douchebag said it didn't really matter if they knew how to use the spell because they can't use the spell without Seth's secret name. And then Carter is like, "But how do you know it?" The only thought said that the only person that would know it would be from Seth himself, or the person that was closest to him. And is like, "Yeah, but it's like it's like I'm hearing someone say it to me, almost like a voice in my head." And it's like, "Yep." This is pretty much the soft reveal that Zaya is hosting Nephthys. Nephthys. Nephthys spirit, yeah. And Zia's like, no, that's impossible. And they're like, well, Iskander said you were in danger, that he wanted to take you somewhere safe. That's what he meant. You're a godling. And it's like, you were at the, you were definitely at the museum when the explosion happened. And if the majority of people that were present there became, became godlings, there is a pretty good chance that you also became one and she's like well she's like if i were hosting a god the other magicians would probably have figured it out a while back and they would have noticed different changes in my magic and douchebag would have probably destroyed me and carter's like but what if set is in control of him and she's like and i really do not think that douchebag is set and she's like he's carter's like yeah because you think almost is set Almost, who's risked his life to try and save us, and she, she's like, he's like, and almost said that Set doesn't need a human form because he's using the pyramid as a like a, a vessel, and Science like, well, how do you know that? And she's like, damn, damn, you got me. <laughs> almost definitely did tell us this. And then, just as they're finishing their conversation, the truck slows down abruptly, and twenty yards ahead of them, they see a man in a blue coat. It's Amos. His clothes are tattered like they've been sprayed with a shotgun, but otherwise he's completely okay. Hmm. Mm. Suspicious. Yeah, they jump out and up ahead they notice that there is a gigantic storm on the horizon and almost is like, well, that's that's definitely set storm over there. Shall we drive straight into danger? And I'm like, no, 
do not drive into danger. <laughs> and that's how chapter 34 ends. These were really short chapters. Extremely short chapters, yes. Like, damn. And we managed to get both a lot of exposition, or not a lot, like a huge exposition, and a pretty decent fight scene. Oh, decent, yeah. I, I enjoy salsa takedowns. All right, Hal, you know what that means it's time for? Scrolling through the ages. Do you remember this time? I did remember this time. I also remember my promise from last time, which was to promise everyone a Geb section. So Geb, in ancient Egyptian mythology, was the god of the earth. Geb is the husband and brother of the sky goddess Nut and the father Osiris, Isis, Nephthys, Horus, and Set. When Set and Horus fought to become king of Egypt, Geb made Horus the ruler of the living. And Geb's parents are Tefnut and Shu. The ancient Egyptians believe that earthquakes were Geb's laughter. And the animals of Geb are a snake and a goose. Geb is sometimes described to be the equivalent of the Greek titan Kronos. Geb's name means weak one or lame one. Geb is also the god of vegetations and his other names are Seb, Keb, Keb with two Bs, Oeb, and Seb. I like how they consider him to be the counterpart to Kronos, but... Which is weird. The more likely parallel would be probably be Gaia, especially considering that they pretty much use the same legend for the the Earth and the sky being separated. Now that was last week, Hal. This week we met a different god, good old Serket. Serket was an ancient Egyptian goddess. She was shown as a scorpion and she would sting bad people. But she could also cure scorpion stings and other poisons, such as snake bites. Because Serket could cure snake bites, she was sometimes known as a protector from Ap, Ape, the evil snake god. Uh, many people in Egypt who were bitten by poisonous animals died from the poison. Because of this, Serket was also known as the protector of the dead. She was associated with fluids that caused stiffening during embalming. This caused her to be known as the protector of embalmers. Uh, she was the protector of canopic jars, and Serket was often associated with Isis and Nephthys. Now we're into Consulting the Divine, where I try and predict what happens in the next couple of chapters. Um... Let's see. So Sadie and Carter and Zaya and now Amos are on their way to Phoenix. Right now, Zia knows Set's real name, his secret name, and she hasn't told Carter, so she has to tell somebody. It has to be either Carter or Sadie, she tells. Um, Set being, having his clothes tattered but not being dead is kind of suspicious. I still don't think they should trust him. Um, but I think they're gonna try and i imagine in the next couple chapters it'll get to the pyramid and then they'll try to get into the pyramid that's my best guess and then from there i have no idea probably there's only uh seven chapters left in this book hal can you believe it so now the final fights on the approach and there's so much happening i'm pretty sure amos is going to betray them i'm like 99 percent sure Mm-hmm. And this is just, this is just, it's all crazy, Hal. Do you, do you have any final thoughts about the book, about the chapters? I really, really want to get into the, the end of this book because the way that they set up for the next, the, the rest of the series is so, so interesting. So interesting. Oh. So yeah, this was, these were some great chapters. They, they, they were, they were, they, they were pretty decent. They were pretty decent, like set up chapters. Got a bit more exposition. Reading these chapters reminds me of how Rick is able to put so much into so little. Honestly. I still think he could work on his flirtation and his, like, teen romance. 
maybe talk to an actual teenager and be like, hey, how do you guys flirt? No, I feel like I think my main problem is that I remember being 14 and like if a girl leaned onto me, I could be like, oh, man, she's leaning onto me. Her shoulder is totally on my shoulder. And I could, and, I, and if I'm close enough, I'd be like, "Oh, look at that! Her her perfume. I could smell her perfume." And I think it's just reminding me of my cringy 14 year old self. I mean, in that in that sense, it's probably pretty accurate, actually. You shut your <laughs> mouth. Hal, that brings us to our credits. Then, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like to get into contact with the show, there are several ways you can do it. First, you can email the show at intothereiordenverse at gmail.com. Send us your questions, your comments, your concerns. Hell, even drop by to say hi. If you'd like to follow the show on social media, we are on Twitter at Pod. If you'd like to follow me on social media, I am on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at the damn meme page. Hal, where can they follow you on social media? Uh, you can follow me at Into the Nothingverse because I have social media. I'm just kind of lazy at this point, honestly. Apparently, apparently emails date me, so it, it might be something I have to do at some point, but it will not be now, for I am lazy. The artist of the icon is Rampakoka. You can find him on Twitter at Rampakoka, R-A-N-P-A-K-O-K-A. The composer of the wonderful, exquisite, terrific, intelligent... Exquisite. <laughs> ...theme song... That Hal loves so much. Honestly, it's my favorite song. <laughs> uh, was made by Kobe Ophi. You can find him on Twitter. At him. You can find him on Fiverr at Kobe Ophi. As usual, everyone that I listed is in the show notes. Hal, thank you for doing a podcast with me. Ew. And we'll see you guys next week? Question mark? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I love the question mark. <laughs> Adios. <laughs>